Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Monday morning, all eyes on me. As you just heard, all eyes on the NFL Sunday. We started on Thursday, fellas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Yep, looking out at the East River this morning. We're in Lower Manhattan. Mike Greenberg will join us here in just moments. Dan Orlovsky at 7.30 for his views on Brady and Breeze and Dak and Goff and Baker and Lamar. Lou Riddick from Monday Night Football coming up in a couple hours. Carson Wentz and Carson Carson Wentz, that's for sure. You think think Jets fans are wondering if they uh, they made the right selection with Sam Darnold? Key? You're asking me or him? I'm asking both well, of you guys. You, you're kind of bullish on Sam Darnold. That's I, the reason I like, I'm asking. I, I like Sam. I, I don't necessarily like Adam Gase, though. That's My problem is more so with the coach and the makeup of the offensive side of the ball. That's really my my problem. I like the quarterback. Just saying you're watching Josh Allen all the time. If you watched him yesterday, you're like, did we make yeah, the right but, choice? But, but you got to remember, though, it's, it's, it's I'm not just, the QB. It's who's calling the play. I understand. I'm just asking a as a fan perspective. I'm giving it watching to you. Watching it, too? Okay. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Let's ask Greeny. Jets will try to bounce back against San Francisco. This could be the easiest eight minutes you and I have ever had, Key J. Zubin, because we're just going to wind up Mike Greenberg and literally let him go. We've talked about Adam Gase. We talked about Sam Darnold. Mike, what are your impressions of those two and Gang Green from yesterday? Well, let's start with the coach. Um, I will say this. As you guys know, my, my children are growing up now. And if I'm fortunate enough that one of them has a, has a son or a daughter who decides they want to play football <laughs> and they're in fifth grade and they get their first opportunity to play football, I wouldn't hire Adam Gase to coach that team because Ooh. he would be in over his head. Ad- Adam Gase is the problem with the Jets. They should have fired him last year. It is uh, ridiculous that we are now wasting another season with this guy who anyone who has ever watched football can see cannot coach this team. The players hate him. They don't respond to him at all. And let me tell you something. Peyton Manning has put a lot of people's kids through private school, right? Keyshawn knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Adam Gase is at the top of that list. Here is where Adam Gase's offenses have ranked in total points scored when anyone besides Peyton Manning is the quarterback. 23rd in the league, 17th, 28th, 26th, 31st, and now this disaster of an offense yesterday. Sam Darnold came into the league with all the talent and promise in the world, and he is literally moving backwards. You could see it yesterday. He is regressing horribly. He isn't getting better. He's getting worse. Their best receiver had a huge day yesterday. Unfortunately, he did it for the Carolina Panthers. Their best player was all over the field yesterday, knocking people senseless. Unfortunately, he did it for the Seattle Seahawks. So that was about as disheartening a day as you could possibly have. I don't care how bad any Anyone else looked yesterday? The Jets were the worst team in the NFL yesterday, and I don't think it was close. No, that and you're right, Greeny. I think the Jets need to hit the reset button for sure on the coaching staff. I like Greg Williams. I like him a lot. What he does defensively, it can be a little confusing at times to some of the defenders. That's why you see guys running wide open, missing tackles, things of that nature. But as far as the head coach goes, they've got to move on from Adam Gates because I think Joe Douglas is smart enough to see that And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in about six games into the season. Yes, but I mean, that's the problem is that all of us who were yelling and screaming last year that it is evident that this isn't the guy have now wasted another season. Because you know that, Keyshawn. Yeah, they can fire him after week six or something, which I think they almost did last year when they got off to that disastrous start. But you've just written off a year. And look, maybe the Jets were writing off this year anyway because they recognize this isn't a championship team. They trade away Jamal Adams for the picks. They've begun the rebuilding process all over again. And I suppose a good general manager 
wants to do that. But it certainly is frustrating to know that your season is over and you're just counting the days until they fire the coach when you are so far one game into the regular season. Greeny, who do you want? Who's your next head coach? Who do you want? <laughs> I mean, I would like to – look, I, I would like to see them hire and establish. There was a moment in time there, and, and listen to how ridiculous this sounds now, when the Ravens were on the verge of firing John Harbaugh. And I was jumping up and down in this studio, begging for him to come to the Jets. But I don't know that any of those coaches with a choice comes to the Jets right now because they have become an organization that I don't think anyone respects and I don't think anyone really wants to be any part of. And I don't care how mad anyone there gets at me for saying that. Someone just needs to speak the truth. And it is. The Jets are a laughing stock, and it starts at the very top of the organization. So we, people are going to rip Darnold today. And, yes, he looked terrible. Darnold looked terrible yesterday, and I'm not here to defend his performance of yesterday. But what I am saying, and I've said this a million times, and Keyshawn, I think you'll know what I'm talking about the way I mean this. Far more quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in this league are ruined than are developed. And I'm very afraid that they are ruining him. So who do I want as a coach? I'd like John Harbaugh. I'd like Jim Harbaugh. I'd like someone who has been there and done that and knows what they're doing. Um, as opposed to just constantly getting on this hamster wheel and, and, and hiring a coach who you think was a quarterback whisperer when everyone who's ever been around him can tell you that this personality was not going to work of all places in the New York market. So I don't know who I want, but I know that whoever he is, he's not currently, on the, on the, he's not currently being paid by the New York Jets. You, you and I both, uh, Greeny, can get a job if Peyton Manning says so <laughs> at the quarterback spot. All yeah. we got to do is have Peyton around us for a couple games and have him play well, and we'll get a job. But, look, let me ask you this about a quarterback playing well in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky, fourth quarter. I guess you could call him captain comeback, fourth quarter, three touchdowns, one to Miller at the end of the game. What did you make of his late heroics in that performance yesterday? I'm impressed. I mean, look, Mitchell Trubisky is never going to be able, and the Bears are never going to be able to undo what has been done. They're never going to go back in time and not trade up to take him ahead of those other two guys that we've all heard about. We all understand that. So Mitchell Trubisky can just go about being the best quarterback he can be. And to tie it to the first game that you asked me about, look, look what Josh Allen did yesterday. That's a very effective way to play quarterback. And I don't know that Mitchell Trubisky isn't capable of that. He runs, you get him on the move. I don't think they have the offensive skill position talent that Buffalo has. Um, but th that was a winnable game that they found a way to win. Look, they were... They were 15 minutes away from the whole town starting to scream for Nick Foles already, and he played a big fourth quarter, and they got lucky on a drop at the very end of the game, and they hold on and win a division game on the road. So, so far, so good. I don't think Trubisky is going to be a great quarterback, but I wasn't ready to give up on him. I was saying it was the right decision to start him week one, and I still think so. So we talked about Darnold not looking good, Trubisky looking good, plenty more QB chatter with Mike and the gang. Get up 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Mike, thanks very much for joining us this morning. All right, Greeny. All right, Greeny. fellas. Yes, you started my day off in a very bad mood, but outside of that, I appreciate the time. I'll see you soon. You got it. As a longtime Jet fan, are there really any great Mondays anyway, Key? That's the <laughs> no, hey. hey, man, we was cooking when I played here. That's all I know. Uh, here we go. Why, what you mean? No, no, I was saying you were right. You was I didn't a little say, boy you get so, defense. Why do you get so defensive? I was a grown man. I was second pick in the draft. I wasn't a little boy, though, by the way. Not when I played here. That's fair. No, when That's I played fair. here, you was probably about, like in junior I, high. But I wasn't a Jets fan. You know I'm a Giants fan. I wasn't waiting I at the fence for you. didn't say you had to be a Jet fan. You, was you a said I was fan. waiting at the fence for you. He was a Keyshawn fan. Key, oh, one thing real quick. Gay started last year 1-7. and seven. They finished 6-2, which is part of the reason people felt bullish. How long can something like a second-half run last? 
Hmm. Six games into the season. That's it? Yeah. Look, look, man. I understand Mike Tannenbaum, you know, is not – that's why I started off my question to to the ex-general manager, Mike Tannenbaum, who had Adam Gase down in Miami as, I don't want to do you like this, but you're on our show, so I am. I knew what he was going to say. He was going to say all the right things because that's just what you do when you're in that position. He shouldn't have been hired here in the first place. He just shouldn't have. And, and, and he hasn't given anything that looks like hope. I understand they got into a six-game run at the end of the year and all that, but it just the play like like Greeny said, the players are not warm to him. It just doesn't. It's not a good fit. They've got to go get somebody. You said you asked him, Jay Will. What I would do, I'd go in and strip New England and grab Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. and give him the everything in the world that he wants come, run the team, run the organization. I'll roll like that. I'm going to take some out of the division. I'm going to uh, handicap uh, New England and grab that dude and bring him here. That's what I would do. Very interesting. Also, we should mention his whole off-season saga Even with Le'Veon Bell. No. Didn't get any better yesterday after the injury situation with Bell. He said he regretted throwing him back into the game. Just a quick reminder, we're brought to you by... ESPN Audio at Home, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how for an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. And we are ready for our key observations. Key will unload on the Lions and the Browns. What else is new? But wait till you see what he has to say about Aaron Rodgers. That's on the way. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's run through from A to Z before we get to Key's observations, full-fledged football. The Nuggets, you know, they played at 1 p.m. Eastern yesterday when all, I think, nine NFL games were going on. So nobody saw this incredible rally. They were down 19. They forced a game seven for the second straight series. They were down 3-1 to Utah rally to win to face the Clippers. And now they've rallied from 3-1 down against Kawhi and company game seven to meet LeBron and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals will be played tomorrow night at 9 Eastern. So we'll game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. No hoops tonight. Don't worry. you got plenty of football to watch on ESPN. That's for sure. One more NBA note. 
The Rockets head coach Mike D'Antoni, a lot of people thought it was a foregone conclusion that if they lost to the Lakers, he would be gone. And then you heard GM Daryl Morey said, I want him to stay. It turns out he essentially is gone, making the announcement himself. His contract had expired at the end of the season. Indiana and Philadelphia are said to be the two most interested teams. An interesting world from college football. Big Ten presidents and chancellors did not vote yesterday on whether to start the fall season after hearing updated medical information, you know they, along with the Pac-12, they've decided to postpone college football. If they go, they'd love to go by October, which means they would be eligible for the college football playoff. Got to get enough games in there. A formal vote is expected in the next few days, so Big Ten fans, stay tuned for that. Is there something in your coaching that maybe isn't happening enough in the fourth quarter for you to close out games? Stafford's got it. Three-man rush for Chicago. Stafford loads the coach. Yes! Oh! No, he dropped it on the No! No! This team is different. They're different players, and they have a different mindset. Look, no excuses. Give the Bears credit. They executed, and they won, and we didn't. DeAndre Swift dropped it. It was a touchdown in his hands. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no! Mm. Tell you what, if Trubisky just played the Lions every game, they'd be talking about him like he was Jim McMahon. That's the one team he actually has had a ton of success against. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Orlovsky to talk. Brady, Breeze, Wentz, Cam, all coming up at 7.30 Eastern. Let's get to Key's observations. You just sort of heard Matt Patricia say, hey, look, the Bears, they played better than us. And you heard the reporter at the beginning. Remember last year, week one against Arizona, blew a huge lead. Game ended in a tie. Yesterday blew a huge lead. Game ended in a loss. Key's observations are brought to you by GEICO. GEICO is now offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. Visit GEICO.com for more. Key, I guess the way they would say this is uh, Lions going to Lion. <laughs> yeah, they, they did exactly what you expected the Lions to do. Lose the game in the end, Mike. They, they, like, this is the second straight uh, opening day. They, they tied – Arizona last year, but they gave up a 17-point lead. They did the same thing, but only this time they lost to the Chicago Bears. And Matt Patricia, I just – he's in over his head as a head coach. He really is. And, and, you know, you hate to see things like that happen to head coaches, especially guys that are good guys. But some guys are not made to be head coaches. They're made to just be coordinators, and he's one of them. Let me yell out what every Lions fan was saying yesterday. Swift, make the catch. Yeah. Just make the catch. Key, you said this multiple times. You got to grab those balls. Yeah, Wide well, open in the end zone. You got to grab that. He, he should have caught the ball, but you are throwing to a running back. You're not throwing to a wide receiver. I hear so, a little bit different. If you missed it, DeAndre Swift had an opportunity to catch it, cash it in, and maybe the narrative is completely different in Detroit. It is Otherwise, completely different. Right? Otherwise, it's a loss for the Bears. But instead, Chicago, thanks to three... Talk, talk about words we never thought we would utter. Three Mitch Trubisky touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. You heard that right. And that's enough <laughs> for the Bears to be. Told you he should have been a starter from day one. Well, I don't know. You mentioned Patricia in over his head. Another Belichick assistant, Joe Judge, tonight. Steelers and the Giants and then the Titans and the Broncos. Next Monday night, it'll be the Saints and the Raiders. Are the Las Vegas Raiders for real after going to Carolina and winning that game against the Panthers? I think they, I think they are for real. I, I, I got them as a sneaky kind of pick in the AFC. I think what they've been building for the last several years with draft picks, getting some of their own guys. I think Carr has settled in, obviously, at the quarterback spot. Jacobs, the running back, had another big, huge day for them. They got him out of Alabama when no one expected him to go in the first round where he went, and he certainly turned in a great performance over the last couple years. 
Yeah, I was going to say for for Josh Jacobs, 93 yards, three TDs, look great on the ground. Uh, But the one thing, if you're a Panthers fan, you're always going to come back to fourth and one. How do you not go to Christian McCaffrey? Mm. How do you not go? How do you not go to your team's best player? No doubt about it. On that big fourth and one, McCaffrey after the game as a team player, the NFL's highest paid running back. Highest Matt Rule, paid, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Game one, highest paid running back in NFL history. Don't give it to him on the money down. But McCaffrey did say after the game, it's all good. It was a team decision. I'm totally. Keyshawn wouldn't with have said it. that. <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about getting the ball when it's crucial situation. They knew where to go, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't even have that conversation. They would have been asking me, "How did it feel to get the first down?" By the way, the biggest mention of hyperbole from any coach in the league yesterday was Coach Gruden essentially saying, and I know we got to back it up, but you, you got a problem, go talk to Coach Gruden. Coach Gruden compared Josh Jacobs to Walter Payton. He actually did that yesterday wow. after the game. He just goes to show how, I mean, how high he is on this young kid. He's, yeah, over, but, he's overcome but, a ton. We compare people to the great players all the time when they're young. doesn't mean that he's going to end up sure. as great as Walter, but what he's seeing – it's flashes of Walter Payton, so he mentioned it. Let's just fair to say, for the Raiders, there was some sweetness in Charlotte yesterday. Yes. We'll keep it to that. It's a good ride home, man. Oh, Been playing cross rides country. Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're going all the way after that, and then you got a home game to open up your brand new stadium in front of nobody. Welcome <laughs> to sports in 2020. All right, the Bills take care of business like they should have, pounding the Jets. You have always believed in Buffalo's defense. I do. I believe in their defense. I think Coach McDermott does a terrific job at Sean McDermott, who's the head coach at putting a defensive scheme together. Uh, Brandon Bean, the general manager, certainly has done a tremendous job at building the roster, making sure that he had the type of players that he needed there to help them win games. I think when you look at going out, trading for Stephon Diggs, drafting the quarterback that they drafted, just overall defensively, though, the scheme is what it, what it is. Sean McDermott has always been a hell of a defensive coordinator, and this team is built around the defense. You run the football, you, you make sure your quarterback doesn't make any mistakes, and you play solid defense, and it'll get you a long ways. I say Diggs made some big catches the other day. Obviously, Josh Allen rushing the football, ran for a TD. I mean, him is a dual threat. That was big, throwing for 312 yards, two TDs, right? So them getting out 1-0 in the division – Competing with the New England Patriots, great start for the Bills. Right. They're a very trendy pick to the win the division exactly. after, obviously, Staying that left. Race. But then again, that's what we saw Cam yesterday. Maybe we need to reassess on the Patriots not winning the division. Uh, and the, the Bills way, go to Miami next week. Yes, they will be in Miami 1 p.m. Eastern on week two. Week Different two, Miami. That's for sure. Week two, by the way, starts Thursday. We don't have to wait a week for football anymore. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Both of those teams could use a win as well. We'll talk about the Browns here in a second. But first... Uh, from no love for Jordan Love to you got to be loving what you saw key out of Aaron Rodgers. Imagine they actually listened to him when he gave him a little advice before the draft. Well, it, it, you, we could say that, right? Receiver, all with, and I've been saying the entire time, the receivers are fine. They, they, just because there's no big name other than Adams that's there, don't worry about it. He's a quarterback that can make the receivers better. And when you look at Aaron Rodgers, 81% of his completion yesterday, he was 22 or 27, 315 yards and four touchdowns when he went to the WRs. That's called the wide receiver. <laughs> the ones that everybody was complaining about, he did he they did exactly what you thought they would do. I mean, they they showed up the way that you envision young guys to play. Devontae Adams obviously is the lead dog there. He knew exactly where he would want them to eat at. He put the ball in their hands. It was like handoffs. And the other guys just made plays all day long. I mean, that, that is what you get. Now they, you build their confidence. They go into game two, bigger confidence. Game three, more confidence. So then when we look up 
playoff time, are we going to start talking about the receivers all over again? Are we going to start saying Jordan Love's the quarterback of the future? All I heard from April to basically yesterday <laughs> is Jordan Love's the future quarterback. He's the guy. He's the Aaron Rodgers deal is up. They're going to move him. Slow down. Slow it down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more concerning. The Vikings usually have a stout defense, right? I mean, they got beat up in the air, 364 passing yards in the air. And as really said, Aaron Rodgers, everybody just R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> as he would himself say, by the way, Valdez Scantling was great. Alan Lazard has come off the practice squad of the Jags to become a really reliable guy. Like you said, it's just the confidence that Rodgers will engender in guys that were essentially discarded by other teams. Uh, and essentially <laughs> essentially discarded. Let's just put them off the scrap heap already. I I mean, what else is there to say about the Cleveland Browns? The Cleveland oh. Browns are like the Detroit Lions. They just Cleveland it away. I mean, it's it's. I th- I actually picked Cleveland to beat Baltimore. Yeah, I you just, did. I just felt like okay, it's their time. They got a new head coach and Kevin Stefanski. They ready to go. Baker wasn't talking all off season. Uh, OBJ is ready to go. Not so fast, right? It's just like Lamar was like, y'all still Cleveland. I'm about to handle y'all the way it needs to get handled. In the end, you know, maybe Baker just isn't really good. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe he's just not a good quarterback that can lead the charge. I mean, it's one game. There's no question about it. But, you know, when you got a new head coach in a new system and I'm seeing the same things, I'm trying to give you the damn benefit of the doubt. But yeah. I keep seeing the same results over and over and over again. At some point, I'm going to have to just finally throw in the towel on you. Well, I was going to say, shouldn't there be some onus on Stefanski as well? I mean, just having him in the pocket the whole time, not really giving him anything extra in the first game of the season, giving him anything different or dynamic about trying to get him out of the pocket? Well, when you start to, when you get behind like that, the only thing you can do is throw to catch up. I'm with you. It just seems like right out of the gate, I think there should be some kind of ownership on Stefanski. But think about uh, pick on an uh, opening drive, then think about the way it went down with the Scottish Hammer. Uh, I mean, the, the fake field goal, the, the fake punt, excuse me, that was just, that was painful to watch. That Cleveland, was, man. That they, was painful. Painful. What just, I yelled at the TV, what are we doing? He threw a pick, though. Early. Early. It's just, I don't know, Baker. I, I like Baker as a person, me personally, but maybe he's just not, you know, maybe it's just not what we thought or what they thought when they drafted him. Stefanski. That's okay. Yeah, he's their first year head coach. This is Baker's fourth coach. In three years, and in the least surprising stat of all time, the Cleveland Browns have the NFL's longest playoff drought. They have not been to the postseason since 2002. I can't believe I picked them to be Baltimore. I was shocked. I looked at you like you were crazy. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes, I guess I just do some things that just makes no sense. You know what, though? You look at them on paper, though. It's, like, it's the sexy Browns, on paper. <laughs> it's I sexy just, on paper. I just Look at thought, the talent. You know, I just thought they would come out a different way. There was no noise coming out of camp. It just felt like, all right, they're getting ready to go and shock the world. So much for that. Book in that first round of the draft, you think about all of the things that have gone right for the Browns, which is a very short list. Then you think about all the things that have gone wrong. They've had numerous opportunities, Jay, to fix the quarterback. I was just going to say, I also think that was, a, that was a hell of a season opener, though, going against the Baltimore Ravens. I, right? I mean, you have to put more points on the board than six. I hear you. But I, but I, I think the Browns should bounce thought, back their next I two still, games. Even with that all, that I still thought that, though. I thought they would 
win the game. That's Definitely why I tell people not to listen to you for picks. That's Definitely all. a hell of an opener for the uh, Ravens. Happy Monday. We got the Giants and the Steelers tonight and then the Titans and the Broncos. And then we will officially put a cap on week one of the NFL season. Let's welcome in Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, a dozen years in the NFL at the quarterback position. And where I want to start with you is Carson Wentz. You've been one of the biggest supporters of Wentz since the moment the Eagles and Howie Roseman traded up to grab him. It's just one game. But boy, Dan, that game yesterday can't make you feel very good. Carson, Re- Carson Wentz is the reason they lost the football game, Zub. I mean, I just have to be honest with you. I remember uh, when I was playing with Gary Kubiak or for Gary Kubiak, we would always have to play the Colts twice a year. And he would start that week by saying, quarterbacks, make sure the defensive line doesn't win the football game for the, the Colts. You make sure that defensive line doesn't win the game. He would say it all week, and it'd be the last thing that we would hear before the game started. And watching that game, when you're up 17 nothing, you're up 17 donut, the only way Washington who doesn't have offensive firepower, the only way they can win that game is turn the football over and kind of be careless with the ball or careless with your play and allow a bunch of sacks to happen. And that's what happened. I'm going to go on last year and tell everybody Carson Wentz carried this football team and Doug Peterson carried this football team because because of the injuries I got to go on and say today that they lost it and it was just a careless selfish style of play um the it, it was disappointing to see he's got to bear the burden of that it has to get corrected it is not going to be some magic potion where they're going to get healthy overnight It has to get corrected now. And disappointed, it's week one. I still am a massive believer and supporter of him. But to lose that game because your quarterback played that kind of selfishly and and just didn't think his way through things is disappointing. When you look at it, Dan, and you said the quarterback play and selfishly, is it that he wasn't seeing the field right? Because in the cup, those interceptions certainly looked like he was flustered, rushing, his throws at times are not simply paying attention to what the disguise of Jack Del Rio secondary looked like. You know, I, I had to see the all 22 to really get a feel for that. I'd say this, both those interceptions are just bad throws. They're just bad throws, which is kind of abnormal for, for him, who usually is a really accurate quarterback. The first one, he just gets let, the ball gets hung inside on a kind of a, you know, like almost like a, a seven route or a deep out route. It just gets hung inside. His mechanics, he's, his front foot is, or his front leg is completely straight, and the ball just kind of floats out there instead of getting driven out there. And then the second one, it's a timing route. It's a stop route at nine yards. And that receiver gets to nine yards. He stops and he's expecting it on his outside shoulder. And Carson throws it on his inside shoulder. So, you know, they're just misses. They're bad throws and they can't happen. And so I'd say this. There was eight sacks yesterday. I watched, rewatched all eight of those sacks. I can definitively put two on the quarterback that are like, there's no way that that sack should happen. Now their offensive line was decimated. So I put six on the offensive line that you're mature enough you're experienced enough you're good enough to make sure that those sacks don't happen somehow some way make sure the ball gets out of your hands a little bit is this is on Doug Peterson as well so Jack Del Rio did a great job that that front is dominant that was a concern going into the game with their injuries up front but come on man you're at that point as a quarterback where 
Once you get that contract and you have those expectations, you should be the reason your team wins that game, not be the reason your team lose that game. Dan, let me ask you about three other quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Brady, Burrow, and obviously Baker. One of those guys, two of those guys had not so great days. I'd say this. uh, If I'm Cincinnati, I'm ecstatic about Joe Burrow. Don't care what happened at the end of the football game. He looks like the absolute stud we expect him to. Um, You know, first of all, the Chargers have a very good defense. Even without Derwin James, they got a pretty darn good defense. That's a top six or seven defense last year. The ball placement that he has is spectacular. That has already carried over to the NFL. For him to kind of make that boneheaded, boneheaded stupid pick or throw that pick in the fourth quarter, for that to happen, and then to just methodically drive his football team down the field, he did not miss a throw in that two-minute drive. Did not miss one throw. There's a throwaway, there's a spike, and then there's the ball to A.J. Green on the push-off. Should have won the game if A.J. Green doesn't give a push-off or they don't get the call, whatever. At worst-case scenario, they kick a field goal. So I don't, I don't care about the end of that game. Joe Burrow's a stud. Baker Mayfield. Um, my, my, I've got a lot of concerns right now with Baker, and I've been outspoken that I thought he would have a big year. Again, it's week one. I don't want to overreact. But first of all, Kevin Stefanski, I told everybody on the planet you were going to run the doors off of play-action pass. You ran less play-action pass yesterday than Freddie Kitchens did last year. So I'm confused by that. Baker Mayfield, you used to be a super accurate quarterback. Where's your accuracy? Oklahoma, you were accurate your rookie year. There's too many misses. And then the third thing is, once Baker Mayfield realizes his style of play needs to be like Drew Brees' rather than Russell Wilson, that's when we'll get consistent play out of him. There's too much running around. There's too much craziness in the pocket. Get the ball out of your hands and be efficient. And then for Brady, he just looked a little uncomfortable. Looked like it was his first time playing that offense. I feel better about this, the Bucks and Brady after yesterday's game than I do about the Saints and Brees. Um, so I would tell you this, Key. I'd make sure if I'm Tom Brady, I'm speaking up in that meeting today going, don't ever ask me to throw an out from the left hash all the way to the field from the gun again. Hmm. Dan, uh, let's talk about another quarterback in New England who was obviously going into truck mode yesterday. What are your thoughts initially on Cam? Cam looked um, Cam looked really good. I thought Josh McDaniels did a really nice job of making sure they utilized him in the run game, but that's not a surprise to me. Like Cam looked good. That wasn't a surprise. My two main thoughts are, I don't know if I've seen Cam as like that where Cam was super efficient with the football and super efficient with progressions. He was going one, two, three, ball out, one, two, ball out. And that that's just very good to see. You know, that that for a guy who hasn't played football in a long time, that was really good to just watch him be kind of efficient with the ball and, and getting the ball out of his hands for completions. That being said, 15 carries is not going to last, guys. He will not last. 15 carries, 13 designed runs. There's already conversations or rumors that you're hearing that there's a hamstring injury, so I just, it won't last. It's not sustainable. So Cam looked good. They're going to have to figure out ways to get way more explosive on offense because they're not explosive, and that's my biggest issue. But that was a really good start for Cam in that offense. Collectively, 217 yards on the ground for the Pats. They are 1-0, and and they are off to Seattle for Sunday night football. We'll see how Cam does at the home of the 12th man, without any 12th men there. That is Dan Orlovsky taking a sip, watching some football. We'll watch a doubleheader on Monday night tonight. Dan, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks to you. Great to have him.
Orlovsky on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. You just heard what Dan said about how Baker needs to turn it around. Turned into more of Breeze and less of Wilson. But if he has one more bad season, is it over for Baker? Is it a make-or-break year with his fourth head coach in three years? The fellas have some thoughts on that. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Dan Orlovsky, Key's colleague on ESPN's NFL Live, essentially said, look, if he's going to carry the rock 15 times a game like he did yesterday, those 15 carries for 75 yards, it's not sustainable. That's not it true. It won't last. I, I, I questioned that in our first segment. I said, you know, how long can not, you do this? That's not it's true. It's a legit question. It, it is a legit question by you. There's no question about it. But – to think that they're going to run him 15 times every single game, that's not true. They change their offensive game plan pretty much every single game. They, they, based on what the defense has given them, that's what they're going to do. And I think people – you obviously he plays the position at quarterback. But like I always say, he's not a quarterback. He's a baller who happens to play quarterback. I mean, and, and when you think about it, Cam is not getting injured – running the football. He's getting injured sitting in the pocket when people are hitting his legs and falling on his legs. But That's he, when he was injured. But doesn't, you know, I, I understand your point about he didn't get injured when he was running the ball, but still having injuries that you're coming off with, whether you're running the ball or not, even though they may not use him the same way, it, isn't it natural as an athlete? Don't you revert back to things that you know how to do exceptionally well? And for Cam, the way he can always get out of the pocket and move, he's always just, been used to using that truck mode, right? You heard, you heard him. That was him uh, coming, out of, coming out of commercial break. That was him that was just talking and saying that it just felt like my old self. I was, I'm out there. I'm used to doing this. That's what he said. Because when he plays the position of quarterback – other quarterbacks seem to think that's all he is is a QB. He's an athlete. That's ridiculous. Not only his size, his athleticism, his ability, his thought process, his mindset. People say, well, you can't last that long. Look at RG3. RG3 got hit, twisted up. Oh, and RG3 is slight. He's not big like Cam. You start to look at that style quarterback, and the first thing you think is, oh, he's going to get hurt running. Yeah, he's not Ryan. He ain't Dan Orlowski and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's I, a different type of QB. I think Cam looked great. And as Key said multiple times yesterday in our text thread, it's one game. It was versus the Miami Dolphins. Let's see how that stacks up at Seahawks, Raiders, and then at the Chiefs. Right. Because you're going yeah, to play. You Let's continue. see how you do it over the next three games. Yeah, you got to continue. You can sustain that. And, and I'm betting that he'll have a, 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 a same sort of 
productivity game-wise the next game. No 12th I mean, man at Seahawks. Well, yeah, the stadium would be empty, so there's no 12th man. You don't have to worry about that. And right now, what are we in? September may not be raining because you could usually get some rain up there. You may get – who knows what the weather looked like. But it it's just funny how it's – people worry about his running style, something he's been doing his entire life. It's not – I just – and he's continuing – to play this way. They said it back at Auburn. Oh, he can't continue to do it. They said it for how many years in Carolina? Oh, he can't continue to do it. He's just saying he that's 31 years old. He's 31 years old. He's I mean, young. It, it, that's young. Okay, I'm just saying I understand it's young for a quarterback. Right now, that's young. But it's not that it's not, he's not playing the same typical style like a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady would being in the pocket, staying in the pocket. He maneuvers so much out of the pocket. He's been doing I, that his whole career, though, Jay. I understand, but doesn't it get to a certain point where later in your career, when you start getting a little bit older, you're not a young pup, you can't recover from the injuries as quickly? So some, it's a questionable some people, concern. Some people can't recover from injuries quickly. Some people get older and they disappear. You go to basketball, LeBron James is 35, 36 years old. All we've been saying for the last five years is, yeah, but Le- LeBron James is an anomaly, and he's not playing well, in a contact Newton, sport but, like, but, but like Cam, football. But Cam Newton takes care of his body as well. I and actually, actually, I think he, his diet has changed significantly to the point well, where he's a vegan now. But, Key, you can't really compare LeBron James in a no-contact. I mean, not saying that basketball is a no-contact sport, but it's not say, at the same volatility no, that I'm football talking is. About, I'm talking about his body. I'm not talking about the, the sport in terms of contact versus no contact. I'm just talking about how he takes care of himself like a LeBron James, where people would say so many times that LeBron was older, he can't continue to keep this up at this pace. But then when you look at it, the guy spends over a million dollars a year just taking care of his body alone. Cam Newton takes care of his body as well. That's why he came into camp looking the way he is. That's why when we watched him yesterday, it was like, oh, okay. I mean, that is what they're asking him to do. And he did it very well yesterday. Now, to your point, one week. Can he do it the second week and the third week? We'll see. But based on yesterday, I'll take that all day long. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Indeed. If finding a high-impact hire is a serious goal for your business, use Indeed. Their flexible payment options mean a better bang for your buck with no long-term contracts. They'll even give you a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post at Indeed.com slash high-impact. Terms and conditions apply. And when you're coached by good coaches, you go through your progressions. Mm-hmm. You go through the first read, the second read, get back to the third read. That's what he was doing. They 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 made sure to coach him up like that, opposed to whoever he had a year ago. But when he had North Turner in 2018 prior to getting hurt, that was the first real offensive coordinator in my mind, even when he went to the Super Bowl, that Cam has had in the NFL was North Turner. That was the first real offensive coordinator that yeah. I put the respect on. There's real trepidation, a trepidation, excuse me, about Baker Mayfield. Here he is on just not producing on offense, defense, special teams. The Browns were hideous. That's, you know, where the good teams, they don't let one mistake turn into a bunch. They don't let it uh, kind of go throughout the whole team. They, they can nip it in the bud and, and move forward, you know, fix their mistakes. So we can do that. Uh, we know that. We, we've practiced on doing those things. So uh, we just have to be better next time. There, there's no way around it, no excuses. We just have to be better. They'll play the Bengals Thursday. What do you think? They'll, they'll, they'll be better. Uh, how much better? I don't know. But they'll certainly make and correct some of those mistakes that they made. They'll go back. They'll look at the film today. They'll, they'll have an off day tomorrow, I think, on Tuesday. And, and they'll get ready to game plan as the week goes on. That's typically the way NFL teams operate. Now, Baker Mayfield made some throws that you, he would like to have back, 
Odell Beckham read Ransom Rouse that he would like to have back. And I'm sure when they're looking at it in the film room, they'll get coached up and they'll make a change because if they don't make a change, the same thing that happened to them in Baltimore where they got run out of the building, Cincinnati will run them out the building. Just want to make sure that we talk about Baltimore more as the show continues to move on. They look damn good. No doubt. Very controversial call late in the Cowboys game Sunday night. Miss it? We'll talk about it next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 